everybody. Welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hootink, and back with, of course, my co-host, Christian Conway. The group stage is almost over as quickly as it began. And I, for one, hate that I said that we wouldn't make it out of the group because now it's literally we have to beat Iran or we are out. Um, oh, Iran, excuse me. Oh, maybe we should restart this. But uh, <laughs> Well, I, apparently at the press conference earlier today, Tyler Adams got hit for that. So um, I know. But I, I, but know. I will not ask you questions about warships or uh, what aboutism in terms of uh, country politics. So do not worry. You are amongst friends. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. Those who are listening as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been really fun, you know, keeping up with the teams. And I, it really bothers me, to be honest, that everybody is underestimating Iran, but I am jumping ahead. That match against England actually did keep my faith in this team because, you know, I think England was one of the biggest challenges that the U.S. team historically faces and again we're not going into politics <laughs> but i i understand that the u.s team is obviously a younger team right but you could see it on the pitch that england was a much more experienced team and i thought the u.s actually outclassed outplayed england and deserved to win but this is the same thing over and over you know you get Pulisic with a great shot, but it's off the post. Like we just can't seem to get a goal. And so great. It was a shutout. Where are the goals? Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's the big, the big question about this team is, is, is goal scoring from open play. Of course, uh, as I mentioned, the, uh, the current streak is four goals in eight games, three of which, which came against the friendly, uh, against Morocco here in the United States with their old coach and no, uh, uh, Hakim Ziyech, but but I'd say is I, I agree with you that they were the better team for a very long periods of this game. I'd say, you know, for about 70 minutes, they really just dominated England. And I think when we looked at the group and the breakdown of the group, I think the one thing that we talked about a lot was, all right, Wales, they're going to be kind of the aggressor. Wales is a team that likes to sit back, likes to play defensive. And we knew against England, they were going to sit back a little bit more. So you look at the possession stats, you know, England with 56 possession, uh, 56 percent possession, the United States with 44 percent possession. You know, you look at, you know, the fact that England had three shots on goal, but, you know, the United States won the shots battle with 10. You know, they hadn't, uh, according to MLS.com, seven corners, but I'm seeing another stat that says uh, nine corners. Um, so so they definitely were creating. I, I think we when, when watching that game, um, which I, I will also, again, I, I, I was in Boston for this and I, I will continue to heap praise on American Outlaws Boston. Uh, they hosted a fantastic event at the House of Blues there and it was an incredible turnout, great energy in the building. I, what I'd say is I think you keep watching this team play and it, it almost feels like it's just their short one moment. And if when that moment comes, everything's going to look really, really good upcoming. And they've grown to the tournament, right? Like I think when we talked about the Wales game and, and kind of listening as I was heading into the bunker today, you know, we talked a lot about how there was a lot of missed opportunities, a lot of missed moments. And it felt like it was a, a bunch of individuals, not a cohesive team. I think the way they operated against England was so cohesive. It was such a night and day from that first game to that second game. And they've really grown into this tournament. And that's what you want to do in a major tournament like this, right? You, you, know, you play your first game, you hope you do really well but you want your second and third game to be your, you know, your two strongest games. And I think, look, England's a very good team. You know, they, you know, runners up, runners up at the European championships, you know, they are a team that has, you know, pound for pound, some of the best talent in the world, you know, Bukayo Saka, um, you know, Harry Kane, Jordan Pickford and goal. I mean, I could go on and on, 
but the United States really frustrated them for 90 minutes. And I think it, it was a very impressive performance. And I think it was also kind of a, it, it was a bit of a muted performance. I'd also say, because if you looked at the earlier bit of the day, when Iran pulls the surprise victory over Wales, that game started to have no meaning in the USA England game. So I think maybe they go out there a little freer because it was a bit of a free hit, you know, no result matters. You know, like they could have won that game. It wouldn't have mattered. They could have lost that game. It wouldn't have mattered, but they got a credible draw out of this game. And I think obviously Pulisic, you know, going off the post it was, was, was frustrating, but I think if you are a U.S. fan, you have to look at this game and be very impressed by a lot of performances in this game where, you know, Matt Turner, fantastic in goal as per usual. But, you know, you look at also the fact that, for example, I mean, Tyler Adams, right? I mean, he, like he covered every inch of that field and, and England didn't have an answer for that. And they were getting cowed into these moments where they were being forced centrally. And then you've got Serginio Dest and Anthony Robinson just running into space, you know, Weston McKenney driving through the center of midfield. I do feel really good about a lot of things I saw. And I think they're going to play a team in Iran that is going to maybe give them a couple of those moments where against England, where maybe it's a little bit more of a quote unquote cultured. And, and I, I, I think that's kind of a, a bit of a bad word to use, but it's the only way I can, I can describe it. Or they've, they, they've been in these situations more, these very high pressure situations, you know, this is the Iran team that, you know, hasn't really achieved a lot, you know, at the Asian Confederation level, you know, they're, they're a team that is kind of generationally in between moments. Um, and Carlos Kiros is a man that really likes to be defensively solid. They, they will face a U.S. team that is excited to run at defenses. And a U.S. team that never knows how when it's beaten. And I think that was a critical thing in this England game. They weren't scared of England. And that's a huge deal, right? Because I think, you know, this is the first time this generation has been in the World Cup. For all intents and purposes, the United States hasn't been in the World Cup, you know, with a group this young and a group this unexperienced. Normally, we we can... We can cobble together some experience to match the youth. That is not the case with this cycle. But they went out against an England team that made the finals of the Euros, probably should have won it. Um, you know, a team that that is that is vaunted, that had been talked about as possibly a favorite to win this tournament. And they didn't give them any quarter. And I think that's a huge deal. This is a team that doesn't know failure or doesn't, doesn't know when it's overmatched. And I think that's a very big deal as we go into a must-win game is that they're not going to be overawed by by the occasion. Yeah, I am very impressed with all the guys on the pitch. It, um, the thing is with McKinney, you he has to make those shots. And when he missed the first one, I, I literally thought he wasn't going to miss that again. And then he completely missed it again. So, you know, again, just got to get behind the net, all that fancy footwork. I mean, we saw some really great football. I mean, they're megging. England guys left and right, and they're yeah taking on the likes of Harry Kane, who at his age is able to run fast and and yeah, and it, it was really fabulous to watch. But it was so frustrating because you're just like, well, guys, like we need to win this because first of all, back to you know on Wales, like okay, again, not trying to ish on Iran in any kind of way, but Wales looked really bad then, and if this team was beatable the u.s should have won that first game because now we're in this pickle again where we have to go into this next game to win it and i i can't emphasize enough how much they're they're underestimating 
being able to break out of this group. And that's not to take away from Iran's credit. It's not to, you know, crap all over Wales. I'm just saying, like, if this team is going to be anything like how we imagine, the, and I, maybe it's not fair to compare, but I'm just saying the last time the U.S. made it to the next round was in 2002. And so if you're looking at this young team and you're saying, like, these, this is the U.S. team, like, these are the guys that are that are doing this, you know, 20 years later. And so my next thing, too, is, like, Berhalter, right? Like, his starting lineup includes four guys on yellow cards and luckily everybody played so well and they you know were very aware um of their of what could happen and, and they were very careful about getting um fouls and so i was really glad that they were able to manage that in a game that could have easily been a lot more physical but then also you have berhalter at the end you can t- clearly tell that he's okay with a zero zero shutout draw and and he's just like trying to run out the time what i've noticed about this world cup you know the stoppage time has either been really generous where you get like where the hell is everybody getting 10 minutes from nobody's even been on the floor to okay even if people are quote-unquote time wasting i noticed these refs will add that time on like there doesn't seem to be like a time wasting factor so to just like kind of run out the clock is it seems it's just whack to me, you know? It's like, look, you're here to get out of this group. England is one of the biggest challenges. You have a chance now to prove that this is the team that's going to do it, and this fool's running out the clock. You know, uh-huh. you can't do that against Iran. Like, you can't – and maybe this game is like its own standalone thing, but that really bothered me. Yeah, I I, I think you you hit the nail on the head right as you were, you were finishing out, which was this game – I think did feel like a standalone kind of event. You know, I think with Wales, they they probably looked at that as three points would be lovely. A point is amazing. I think with England, you know, you see the shift into the four four two, which I think was actually a very smart tactical wrinkle from Bearhalter just to add a little bit more uh, numerical advantage into the midfield. That's I'm I'm grateful he he decided to do that because I think it really helped the United States just get on the counter and, and just and and get guys on their horses running against. Uh, against that England midfield. Um, I also think, you know, he really made a very interesting selection taking Haji right onto the field as the nine, but I, I think Haji had a pretty good game, you know, just adding that physicality. Um, and yeah, you know, Wales, I think just stopped playing. I, I remember texting a friend and looking at that, that stoppage time in the Wales Iran game, Wales just stopped playing. I mean, it, it was, it was the oddest thing. Like I, I you know, like I, I wanted to get out there and yell at the Wales guy, like the Wales players, like you still have something to play for here. Like there is still something here. If you get a point out of this, you're still in this as much as all of the rest of us. But I do think this game was always going to be the pragmatic game. This was going to be the game where, you know, maybe the United States doesn't play the the, the expansive um, uh, kind of fun role that they they try to play, even if even if they're lacking the end product. And I think that's that I'm fine with that. You know, two points gets you, you know, is 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 pretty solid. I mean, it really sets up well. And and I think what you know the United States did so incredibly well against England was basically just, you know, they, they were so dogged. And and again, we I think against Wales, we we didn't really see this performance, but against England, it was kind of old school US, like 2010, 2014 US, right? Where it was, you know, we don't care that you're tactically better or technically better or physically better or whatever. We're just going to go blue collar here. We're just going to outwork you. We're going to outwant this more. 
And England didn't really have an answer for that. I think that's, there's something to be said for that. And, you know, you couple that with this group, which again, has accomplished a lot. I mean, they won the gold cup last year, the nation's league last year. Those are two important things for this group to have. They, they weren't overawed by the situation. And that's why I think I'm, I'm a little bit more positive on this group than, than, than maybe you, and, and maybe I'm misconstruing, you know, kind of your position here, but maybe, you know, I'm, I'm the more positive of the two of us, because I think this group looks at a lot of situations and looks at some very difficult moments and basically says, well, a, you know, it's, it's the, the, the famous meme of, uh, meme of, you know, from Arthur, it's like, well, I, I, um, I don't, uh, I don't know what that sign says because I can't read. So therefore I'm going to ignore it, ignore it anyway. That's why I feel like the United States men's national team feels about like high pressure games because they've never been there. They don't know. So they don't know when they're beaten. And I think also they're, they, they've combined that talent with finally they're getting smart about, you know, game states. And I think, you know, probably my previous criticism of Greg Bearhalter is he didn't really understand game states. And I think against England, he really figured out, you know, okay, hey, a point, a point is worth so much more in a World Cup than, you know, if we're talking about a Galaxy game, for example, where, you know, uh, Greg Vinny, it's nil-nil in the, in the 80th minute and, the, you know, the Galaxy have been the better team in the ascendancy, but they make a couple substitutions and it's clear that they're playing for the draw. Then, yeah, I think I'm a little bit more in your camp of being really frustrated with that. But I think in a World Cup where the margins are decidable by one goal or like, you know, one moment of madness, I think they actually handled this moment very well. Um, I do agree with you that playing all four of the players on yellow cards was an insane risk. Um, I was definitely the opinion, and I think I might have texted you that I thought it was an absolute, you know, idiotic maneuver. But it shows just the trust that Bearhalter has in his guys in this group, and the the, the trusty the the group has in one another that you know they got away with it. They don't have to worry about that against Iran, which I think is a, is an absolute blessing. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, you know, if you're a U.S. fan, you know, you look at Friday afternoon, you got to feel really good about that because they really put themselves in a good position with a very good performance that they can build off of, that they can really just, you know, look back to and say, hey, we're not going to be overawed by the occasion. And, you know, if, you know, for example, Iran goes up early or something like that, I don't think the U.S. is going to panic. And I think that comes from a performance like you turned in against England. Well, certainly. I mean, look, you've always been the optimist on this show and more optimistic than me. And, I, and I'm and i obviously a U.S. fan. I'm not here to put down my team, but I am here to like critique them because, you know, I almost feel like there's and not the U.S. team themselves, per se, but there's definitely an arrogance going on at Fox Soccer when I'm watching it that we're just expected to break out of our group and beat it on. And I I understand that they were beaten 6-2 you know, by England, and I understand that, like, Wales, like you said, basically stopped playing, that does not guarantee that we're breaking out of this group and that, and that uh, you know, the U.S. men are going to win. Do I think they have everything to do it? Absolutely. Um, but I think, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things that need to fall into place for that to happen. First of all, goals behind the net. Second of all, Berhalter's um, lineup and subbing decisions, and I don't think you should wait as long. It's always going to kill me when they make the late subs. Now I understand, you know, how that was working against England, but I just, I feel like you can't go into this game underestimating anybody. You've got to go in it. I don't care if we beat them six two. I, I, if we're going to win, then let's, let's do it. Let's do it for real. And I don't expect this to be like a, 
one zero win. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I really want this team put it to Iran, put it because I'm not sure how the, how the chips are falling quite yet. I haven't looked at the bracket to see who we would face if we do advance. Um, and some of those things aren't even like, we don't even know yet. And that's just the way this cup has been, right? Like I would love for the U S to, to do it, but, um, I just haven't seen where I believe enough for sure that this is a guaranteed win, even no. though it's a must win. Well, we, we, we might put you through an existential crisis if we make it out of the group, because the Netherlands looks like it would most likely be our, uh, our opponent. Um, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, my last name is Hootink, and that is Dutch. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, would, I guess I would I I would be happy with whoever advanced, but yeah. um, I mean, look, the Netherlands also was a team that didn't qualify in 2018, and therefore, you know, I don't think that they've been playing as well as they could either, um, especially in that game uh, against Ecuador, which you know, like I said, not to discredit anybody's opponents, um, but if we're expecting these teams to perform the way that they should, then yeah, they need to be able to beat teams like that. Yeah, but um, yeah, go for it. And <laughs> I, I, I think you know, I, I, I agree with your pragmatism towards this Iran game that we can't just simply say this is a done conclusion. Um, I think Iran is a team that can be dangerous. I, I, I like you know, uh, Asmun uh, for for Iran is is a very good player. Um, I, I just I think the United States look. I, I don't necessarily think it's a question of you know overlooking Iran, but more kind of the United States finally having the confidence in itself to say, okay, you know what? We're here. It's a must-win game in a World Cup. Let's take care of business. Because I think there's been a couple of times where you could you could say that, you know, you could explain away a couple of games where the United States went into the last match day and said, we lost this game because we we've never been here before or we're inexperienced or, you know, we're not that nation yet. You know what I mean? Like there's there is an inferiority complex in u.s soccer like we we know this to be true we've we've seen it time and time again manifest no one's not going to say that the thing is i think what 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 i think a lot of people are saying is and and of course fox is going to rally the the wagons right they're an american broadcaster with alexia lawless clint dempsey carly lloyd all on the panel today saying just take care of business you're good enough do it think about all those players right they're american soccer legends like of course they're going to to be the you know the the drum beaters for it. It's Listen, like, oh. I loved it when Dempsey was like, "Put me in, put me back in." I'm like, "I exactly. bet you're gonna do it." You know, I mean, these guys are constant. You know, the, these players are consummate competitors. Like they, that's they're going to want to be there. They're going to want to say, you know, the best outcome. I'm not overlooking this Iran side. I think they're a good team. Carlos Queiroz is a very tricky manager. He's a guy that is not afraid to switch things up. You know, in order to ensure that his team get a result that they need. Um, I think they're they're solid in goal with uh, Bayron Vaughn, and I'm going to butcher about three names here, and I apologize. Um, Safi as their captain is a very good player. You know he's been there for a very long time. Um, I I've been very impressed with with as a Tolahi and and Jahan Bakash, um, and of course as I as I highlight, highlighted earlier, you know uh, they, they they have very they're they're a very strong forward line with with Mehdi Tarimi and and Sadar Asmun. I, I just think this is a, the, I agree with. And for the first time ever, I'm going to say it, I agree with Alexi Lalas, which is what he said today after um, the Uruguay-Portugal game when he was asked about, about Iran-USA, where he said, look, if we are the soccering nation that we believe to be, that if we have made the jump that we have been told we have made, you know, with 
all these amazing players, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Christian Pulisic, at the highest levels of the game, then to, then tomorrow, it's not a question about looking down on Iran. It's a question more about if you are the people that you have told us we should believe you to be, then tomorrow you need to go out there and you need to take care of business. I think, honestly, everyone in that room knows if they lose tomorrow or draw tomorrow, Greg Verholzer's fired, right? Like we we all kind of figure that to be true. But if they are the players that we have been told that they are, that they are ready to take that next step in the international, if they're ready to bring the United States into the next century of soccer development in this country, then there is no question they have to go out and take care of business tomorrow. And there's no reason to believe that they can't do it. But they're going to play a tough team. But good teams make diamonds out of pressure pressure situations if you if you kind of catch my drift. So for me, I'm not looking down on Iran. I'm, I'm most certainly not. You know, I've, I've named about four players that I think are very good players. Trust me, I, I I really do like this team. But I'm more saying the United States. It's more a question of can the United States in this moment become the nation that we're supposedly can we can we join the table of the soccering elite? And it's games like this winning games like this that allow you to start sitting at that table that tell you to leave the kids table and start sitting at the adults table. If, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It makes sense. And I'm glad that you said that. Cause I was thinking that exactly. Is this, should this be the year in the cup where we say, Oh yeah, this is, you know, the U S developing into what, like you said, what we've been wanting to, to be able to, you know, match up in the master classes of the world, you know. Um, I think it's okay if if we're not quite there yet, in, in, so to speak, you know, like I feel like that we are still developing. I mean, but then also I feel like there is this shift. I mean, you're watching powerhouses like Germany. And also it's, it's, it's the, the way the game goes sometimes, right? You're like, you know, last minute goal, even, even, you know, the team that wasn't playing that well, it's just the way the pendulum swings sometimes. Um, but for the most part, you know, the usual powerhouses, you know, Spain, Argentina, um, Portugal, um, Germany, even the Netherlands, like, you know, these are teams that we expect to be stellar and to, you know, be winning. And some of the games have gone that way, right? Like um, England beating Iran like 6-2 or like Spain um, beating Costa Rica. It was like what six to one or something. It was it was also like a really high scoring game, and so you know those are kind of the games that you expect to go that way, right? And then you have like the joy of the back and forth, and like oh hey, you know you're rooting for the underdog. And to me, I mean, I don't know against Iran that the U.S. is the underdog, but definitely in the in the World Cup, of course, the United States is is seen that way. But you're seeing the shift of like who we think of as like major. Um dominating teams in this cup and and it's not always the case and that's what makes this so beautiful and so hopefully this is a shift for for the u.s um that we're gonna see again we're expected to break out of this group based on how they've been playing and who they're up against next so then of course i'm gonna i'm, I'm still gonna be hard about this and say okay well great you broke out of your group like you should have so now what are you gonna do against you know, this next round. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I'm always going to be pushing this team. I mean, and, and, but not unreasonably. So I hope, you know what I mean? 
and, and and to quickly kind of break down a little bit of tactical stuff because we know that I can't go up an episode of this podcast without talking about some tactics. I, I do think that Iran, what they're going to do is they're going to sit in a little deeper. Um, you're looking at probably like a five four one tomorrow, or you're looking at you know maybe you know if, if Kirish is, is feeling a little feeling a little frisky, maybe going to the the four four two. And it's just going to be about it's going to be about getting Pulisic into the pockets of space on the left hand side or the right hand side wherever um, he deploys, and just allowing himself to kind of cook if that makes sense. Um, you know, and the other thing I think that's going to be interesting the big the big question I think tomorrow is. We know that there's been a little bit of controversy with Gio Reyna in terms of is he injured, is he not? Is there some politics at play in in the Bearhalter camp related to him? Uh, you know, Eric Ronaldo floated a story that seems, I I would say, the typical Eric Ronaldo. Every now and then he says a story that you'd really have trouble believing, where he's basically insinuating that Bearhalter has has stressed to Gio Reyna that you know to pretend to be injured rather than playing him. Which I I find that to be, I don't know if I believe that gossip. I think that's that's People Magazine territory stuff. Um, but but I think the other thing is going to be the 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 interesting thing is how does the United States set up tactically in terms of if Duarte is fit to go, you know, forty five minutes, right? Do we bring him off the bench or do we start him? I think that's going to be because I think they're going to need his dynamism in terms of just breaking down. You know, the because because we know Iran's going to just absolutely try to work this game into very ugly moments um, and just and just frustrate the United States. It's I, I don't think that's necessarily talking down uh, towards Iran. I think it's just a very good way to beat the United States. Um, I also think they are going to have to figure out again, number nine. That's going to be a very interesting question. Um, I thought starting Haji right against England was was a bit of an interesting wrinkle. But do you do you start, you know. Fedelia, do you start, you know, Josh Sargent? I don't know if this is Josh Sargent's game. I just don't think he'll be able to deal with the physicality. Um, I, I I like Josh Sargent, but I just don't think this is his game. And then I think the other question that I I really have is, you know, how do you do you in order like if we're going to let's let's say Giorena goes from the start, right? Like let's let's play in that world. Who misses out from the start? And I think that's going to be an interesting question because. I think Berhalter has to make a couple of interesting personnel decisions here because I think he needs a little bit more solidity on Serginho Dest's side. I thought Dest was really good against England because of his ability to cut inside and then kind of pass over his body, use his left. Uh, so he, he, he'll he receive the ball from the, from on his right hand uh, foot and then transfer it over to his left and then just make this seamless one move pass. And I think it's been really good about kind of pulling defenses apart. Because Bearhalter, one of the big things he stressed was we want to use the ball on our end to disorganize opponents. That's going to be tested against an Iran side that I definitely think is going to sit very deep. It's going to be very difficult to break them down. I think having that movement and that ability to kind of just one click that pass off the wingers or uh, the wingback side is a really useful uh, thing to have. I just question if a team that is looking to counterattack so aggressively, you know, a guy like Asmoon or, or, or maybe Taremi is going to sit in that pocket that, you know, Anthony Robinson or Serginio Dest is going to, to open. I wonder if you go, so, you know, you go aggressively attacking with both fullbacks. I'd almost say maybe this is Deandre Edlin's game where you go with a, a fullback. That's a little bit, that, that's still attacking. I mean, we know Deandre Edlin to always have been very attacking, but a guy that's more than happy to stay home a little bit more because, 
I think I love Walker Zimmerman and I love Tim Ream in this in the center back pairing. I mean, I'm a Fulham fan, so Tim Ream and I are meant for the stars. Um, but I I just wonder if you get them running in one-on-one situations, I, I just worry about that. So I think they have to maybe acquiesce to a little bit of defensive pragmatism because I also think what that can do is that can pull Iran out of that low block because they can start to move a little bit up those wings. And then you either have DeAndre Edlin or Anthony Robinson on the other side, just pinging into space that, you know, they get lulled into a false sense of security in order to kind of pull that low block a little bit up. And then Christian Pulisic finds those half pockets and then just starts pinging crosses left and right. Um, I think the other thing too is we talked about Weston McKenney earlier in the pod. And I think one of the things that disappointed me against England was Weston McKenney wasn't making those crashing runs late into the box. Because when you look at defensive midfielders, a lot of the reason they score a lot of goals is because the attacking midfielder maybe misses the chance or the defense doesn't clear it exceptionally well. And they're making that late run. I think it was, it was basically the Michael Bradley run. That's how I mean Michael Bradley scored all of his goals was just he was always the late runner through the goal line. And I think that is going to be interesting. I think if they can get Weston McKenney doing that, I think they're going to get some good chances. If they can score early, I think that breaks the dam. But as we get into maybe the 60th minute, the 70th minute, if it's still nil-nil or maybe a 1-1, I the, the question I have is, when does Bearhalter start freaking out? You know, Because I think if, if, if we get to 60 minutes, it's nil-nil, 1-1, whatever. I don't think Bearhalter should freak out then. I think, you know, if you, you you let this thing cook, because I think the United States have been very good this tournament in terms of when they get into the attacking third, just the final product hasn't been there. If they can, if they can kind of be patient without freaking out, I think they're going to be fine. But it's a question of patience, not forcing the envelope too much, but also knowing when it's like, okay, we got to go. And that's going to be a very interesting thing if that, game state comes we don't do predictions on the show famously i do think the united states gets through the game tomorrow however and i i i, I don't know what it's going to look like i think it's going to be tight but i think they can do it yeah i mean i'm hope i'm wrong and that it's like some kind of blah but um you know where the u.s obviously wins um but what i was thinking too is okay do you think we're gonna see rolled on come into this game at all i mean is there I think, any need to right uh, now well, i i think it depends on game state because i think if they're one nil up and it's like the 75th minute and kind of we get like a little bit of an ooh kind of shot from from iran on on matt turner's goal then i think yeah you just at this point we might enter um, the hashtag tactics free zone where it's like okay just get every defensive midfielder you can get your hands on onto the field just clog the midfield up so I, I would say with like Alex Roldan and some certain players on that bench, like it's going to depend on game state rather than necessarily anything else. I do think they're going to be okay though. Um, but I, I do think we'll have to see some game state moments in order to make those decisions. Christian Roldan. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I just hope the U S doesn't make any careless moves um, where they give away a penalty or something silly like that. Um, you know, just because it is a must win and, and they will get eager. And like you said, if they do panic, um, you know, it's, it's about responding to those things. And I, everything on paper, everything we've seen so far says that the U S should, should win this tomorrow. So I unfortunately have my period seven during the, uh, 
think it's period seven. Whatever. It's a class that I can't even <laughs> like watch the game during. So uh <laughs> So you'll be getting dis you'll be getting disembodied texts from me that make no sense unless you've been watching. Unless I've been watching. Yeah. I am gonna try to sneak it on my laptop, of course, and and have it going and see what I can get the students to do if they can get writing um or maybe get them in some reading groups. Um other than that, yeah, I'm I'm stuck teaching. So it's okay. Tell me what happens, you know? I'll be able to check it at break time. <laughs> yeah, it, it I mean it should be a, an exciting affair regardless. I'll be uh with uh American Outlaw San Diego um before um my therapy appointment. So my uh my therapy appointment at three o'clock might be uh there, there might be something to talk about in case the result goes south. All right. Well, Christian, make sure that you hit record on the Fubo TV, okay? <laughs> I will do. All right. Well, thanks again, you guys, for listening. And, uh, yeah, I'll be watching that game, even if it's not live. So, uh, no matter what happens. So, yeah, we'll see you right back here after that match uh, to record. We'll talk to you soon.